Okay, hi guys. So this is Megan Lindsay with the There Is No Iron Team, But There Is An Iron Divorce podcast. And with this episode, I'm interviewing my best friend, Brianne, which is my co-host for this episode, and then her parents. And we're going to talk about marriage and a bunch of stories, and it's going to be great. So my first question I have is, what is your best advice for married couples? Best advice for married couples would be to understand uh, marriage um, more fully what it is and not just, hey, we are in love and we should get married. But marriage being something that um, brings together two very different um, people as far as male, female and an understanding that that kind of uh, interaction can either be really great or really bad. And so I see marriage as an institution that needs work. It needs to be maintenance. It needs to be cared for. It needs to be something where um, uh, it should be taken lightly. It should be it should be taken it should, lightly? It shouldn't be taken lightly. Okay. It should be um, something that, like the, the traditional vows are, you know, death to us part and that kind of thing. And it becomes very cliche after it's said over and over and over again. But um, I do think it is that it is a commitment that if both parties are uh, interested in a good marriage, they should see it as a uh, as something that to not see it as something to not give up on and to and to work at. And it's not getting married can look like rose colored glasses when you're feeling feelings of love and you just think, oh, I, I would just want to be with this person forever. But then after you get married and you're with each other every day, there's annoyances that start to come up and there's things uh there's situations that can cause bitterness and can start to drive wedges and things like that. And so um, I guess in short, it's something to be uh, taken very seriously and something that somebody uh, should, um, should, in, should look to as a, uh, as something where, you're not in it just for and, until you're unhappy, but to to work through it because there is happiness when it's when it works out. Probably my um, to add to that would be. Um, well, in the in the Bible, there's a passage about marriage that kind of gives instruction to married couples and just one little phrase in particular that kind of stand, stands out to me is um, in honor, preferring one another. And so like before you enter into marriage, your life is pretty much just all about yourself, what you want, um, where you want to go, where you want to live, where you want to eat, where you want to shop. Um, and so when you get married, it's, it's a little hard to live that way anymore. As a single person, you have to realize that 
you're marrying another person. And if you use that passage of, from the Bible, it's saying, well, you, can't, you want to prefer what the other person wants too. So it's like you're considering them too in every um, decision and you know anything that comes up. So it's like a huge exercise in um, being unselfish, um, uh, considerate, thoughtful of another person. Um, so I think kind of going off what Brian was saying that knowing ahead of time that that's kind of what you're entering into. If you're the type of person that's always going to be pulling for your, your own way in every single circumstance. Um, and if you marry somebody else that's also like that, then it'll just be a continuation of constantly um, butting heads over every little decision, every conversation. Um, but if you're realizing that you're marrying this other person and you prefer, like you, you're honoring them and also what they want. So it's not like you're always putting them before you and, you know, you're just the, the speed bump, you know, on the road, <laughs> basically. Um, but it kind of just works that way. It flows because if both parties are operating that way, it's almost like you're falling over each other to let the other person have their way because you love them so much. You want what? them to be happy. So, and then, you know, it's just that constantly. So it's almost like. There's no room for people to be selfish. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, but it's, it's not perfect. You know, I'm sure there's times where, you know, we've wandered our own way and maybe it felt like it was selfish. Maybe it wasn't selfish. Maybe it just felt like we both felt like that was the right thing. So there is times like that where, um, I don't know, that's probably for another conversation, you know, big decisions and yeah. things like that. So I, I just kind of want to leave now. it at that. I didn't want to make it get like too deep or anything, but. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give the impression that, yeah, we've got it nailed, it's perfect, and it, it, everybody should look to us. <laughs> Rosie, making so much noise. <laughs> um, I think that I, I know that our, our relationship is better than what I saw in my parents. And, but I don't want to say that, oh, we've arrived because there are, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I still look back at myself as I'm growing as a person and, and realize the, the selfishness that, that I, uh, the selfish ways that I have been as a husband, as a father, um, and, and seeing there were parts of my life that I could have enjoyed more, but because I just was, had a bad attitude or whatever it was, there were, there were moments that slipped away that, that I didn't fully take advantage of, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, life is, it sounds kind of weird, but if you're eating dinner and you're eating chicken and you just eat a few bites and you leave all this good meat on the, on it and you just throw it away. And I think I, I can kind of look back and just see, I, I left a lot of good things um, that, um, that I could have enjoyed more, 
I'm not mad at myself or anything like that. It, it just is all that to say is I don't think that that I've arrived as a perfect father and husband. So. Well, that just is to come to that realization means that you still are, like you said, about like maintaining, you know, what you started. Um, that it's always that you if you always feel like your marriage is in, you know, maintenance mode that you've never arrived or that you've never give that you're not giving up. Mm -hmm. um, oh. That it's. Um, that yeah. If always, you say you've arrived, then there's no room for growth after that. Then. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We'll say that from our experience, I think marriage is, it is something that is real. Like the relationship, it starts off, there's a seed and then it starts to grow. And over the years, it does seem like it, it grows stronger. The bond grows better. And, and we, it's like we planted a tree. We got those two trees outside that the kids brought home from whatever grade that was. <laughs> like third. And two of them made it, two of them didn't. And so, but it, it, they started off real small and delicate and, you know, it was constant frustration to, keep them watered and keep the bricks around it and try to not hit with the mower and that kind of thing. But those, those trees are not coming down out there now. They're probably 15 feet high. So um, marriage does seem like that where there are times where you, marriages seem to um, where people get the seven year itch. They're seven years in. I have a friend where his marriage is great for seven years. And then they just started to really hate each other and they couldn't get past that. That sucks. That I bet point. after like six years, they're like, well, we've made it. Like how long we've been together. Yeah. Seventh year comes. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I've never heard that. Never have I. Itch. I've heard yeah. like a few yeah. years, like three. Yeah. There's a seven year itch that I've heard about and I've seen it with friends. Um, well, and you also hear, well, the honeymoon's over. Um, I was just about to ask you that. Well, I yeah. hate that. I'll be honest. I know. I've always, I always hated that too because I always thought, why can't you, whatever you brought into the marriage and the honeymoon and how special that was, why can't that just continue? Um, and I think there is an aspect of it that can, but the reality is, is that it's like when we were dating, for instance, you know, we only saw each other because we lived in two different countries. <laughs> we saw each other <laughs> once every six weeks because he had a Friday off once every six weeks. Mm -hmm. oh, and so our whole relationship up until the time we got married was a long distance relationship, most of it on the phone. So it's really easy to put your best foot forward when you, you aren't even really in the same town that much. You're just on the phone. Um, that so with us, and it was, about that. that's so crazy. Yeah, you're not really seeing the bad like, sides. <laughs> Um, you know, when you go to an, another country and, you know, what is that when you learn another language and you, they just plop you right into a school culture shock. No, it's the name for it. Melting Immersion. Pot? Immersion. Oh, um, yeah. Instead of going to classes and stuff like that, you just, you know, they just put you right in. There's no one speaking your language. Oh, you just have okay. to get by, by just figuring out what everyone's saying. Right. And so, no, we had, um, couple, you know, marriage counseling sessions before we got married. 
Really? Nothing, really? nothing extensive because oh, no. it was just a formality. But yeah, just the pastor who was marrying us said that this is what he likes to do. There was only like three sessions I think that we had with them, and um, so and there's only so much that you can really get from books because it's really just head knowledge. So then our honeymoon basically lasted for the entire summer because we um, I wasn't able to cross the border because my paperwork, my visa hadn't come in, and so I wasn't allowed to cross the border. So we got married June 22nd, and then Brian, we did go on a honeymoon, um, and then Brian took the rest of the summer off to spend with me. So if anybody was immersed into marriage, it was us, and it was really unconventional the way that it was, because we were like, we told people at the church that I was going to, this is what our life's gonna be like for the next you know, two months. If you're going on vacation, because my the place I was staying, I, it was done. Like the end of June, I was done with that apartment. Charity had someone come in in July. So we had people like contacting us and said, we'd love if you could stay in our house and watch our dogs when we go on vacation. You're just homeless. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, one family had a pool. And so it was like we were just they're just couch hopping. Like, but we so didn't have fun. to pay. It was almost like, you know, they... Um, we, it was like we were doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. So well, they were doing you a favor. You didn't have a house. <laughs> so I would say for sure things probably came up in those first two months that took, you know, the rose colored glasses off that we had on before we got married because we had never even lived in the same town for that long. Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden our life was constantly. It sounds like a recipe for divorce. After we got married. That's we were, so true. <laughs> That sounds like a divorce story. (laughs) Sounds like you're going to end this by saying you got divorced. No, it was fine. It was totally fine. And the sad thing was to make it even more unconventional, Brian had to go back to work. Like you can't take (laughs) off that many. He had a lot of money saved. It was all gone by Mm -hmm. the end of the summer. Um, And I still couldn't cross the border. And so I had to move back in with grandma, mom, and... He went back to work, and so I would only see him after that on the weekends. Was this in? This is post marriage. Can you believe it? This was in Canada. Mm-hmm. So where were you? We went back to Ohio. Came back to Ohio. She to was work. pregnant. Holy crap! Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I come into the story. Oh my goodness! Enter Brian. <laughs> um. So anyway, what I was trying to get to was that trying to remember the things like that attracted you to the person in the first place and the things that you, that you did together when you were dating that um, made him feel good or made me feel good. If he, you know, did this for me or if I did this for him or even just conversation, you know, what does he love? Does he love when I give him undivided attention when he talks and, you know, those are things that that can (laughs) slip away once you st- once you get married, because you start getting distracted by everything else, especially when you start having kids, mm-hmm. and so all your attention now is shifted just from this one person to all these other responsibilities. So um, I think that's why people say, "Well, the honeymoon's over," you know, like all the flaws <laughs> oh. start showing up. Um, yeah, real I- life sets in. Well, would because you say- the honeymoon is not real life, right? Yeah. You're gone to. Well, we get we went to Prince Edward Island because we had to stay in Canada, but I mean that's not 
your life. Like you're not going to stay on an island forever. You're going to come home. You're going to go to I work. Mean, ideally. You know, <laughs> I was going to be sick and, you know, because I was pregnant, um, I was going to be lonely because now I was living in another country and I didn't know anybody. Well, hugs. Um, and so I don't know if there was something else that I was leading up to. Well, I have a question. Um, well, you can continue your thought, but if you can't remember, I have a question. I can't remember now. Okay. Um, would you say that honeymoon phase is a thing that you experienced or not? Um, I think so. It was just so different than most people because most people will have a honeymoon for like a week. No, I mean um, like the you know like people will be like the honeymoon phase. No, no, no. It's like oh, it's like when phase. yeah, and then the rose-colored glasses come off. Is basically what people say. It's like at the phase in the relationship where everything's good and fun and good times, yay, and then it's like Tuesday or whatever. It's like oh, ha, you know what I mean? Well, I think when so, but a lot it's of... hard to know because it was so strange the beginning. Also, it was so long ago. marriage and how long it was before. Well, we went right into four kids in four years. So it was a lot of, that was overwhelming to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of work. Like we just thought, well, we'll just be home for the next four years because we can't go anywhere because it's too much. Well, you did date this. for four years before that. There's also that aspect of things. Well, two years we dated and then. We broke up and then we got back together. Let's get into that, actually. <laughs> that <laughs> That is something to well, note. Whole, we can do that, but I have a question. Is what, as time goes on and like the longer you've been married, do you feel like it gets easier or like less work maybe? I'm not sure how to put it, but. um, I would say it's seems easier i don't think it's gotten harder i feel like you you just grow you're growing together um there's like a getting used to somebody to where when i was young i was connected to my family and then there's this new situation and this situation now seems like my it's weird like this is my life i used to it used to be that that was that was my life and this is this new thing and i was i was transitioning over and in, into this that seemed more stable than this now this seems more stable than that like this is that makes sense i don't know you're saying that when you were younger you felt like the like living with your family was the stable thing and the scary thing was marriage and now you feel like marriage is the stable thing and that is the scary thing is that what you mean seems like it yeah okay what i thought you were saying was oh holy crap well i can't even remember what my thought (laughs) never mind that that out (laughs) yeah no but to answer your question, this this feels more natural. Like this is just the normal. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought you were saying. Yeah, this feels just like this is the. Yeah, this is home base. Like now. this is the life you were meant. It's to not like oh, like this is yeah. 
Cisco this is weird. This is unstable. Like I think that we have grown together to such a point where there, I'm just I'm just comfortable with it. Where it's, um, and maybe that's it. Is that it? It just has grown to a place where it's it's strong. I feel confident in it. Um, so that makes it easier. Yeah. I mean, it's a stronger bond. We've invested into this bond and it's become stronger and stronger. And now we're able to enjoy it more than we were when it, when things were new. And, you know, you, there's a lot of worries. Like if something happens, then the thought can enter your mind. Like, Oh no, this could go bad where it could still go bad. It just is, it would be a lot harder it's, for it yeah, to go less bad likely for something to go wrong I mean, it's, it's still like possible it divorce just, it just feels more right secure. but like if you're dating and like you do something that mom was like i wouldn't want to marry that man over that like that's not going to affect you now you know what I mean? yeah i think something too that would be worthy to say is that um a lot of but i've seen a lot of couples that divorce the funny thing is is they divorce after their kids move out so what they find is that they've invested so much into their kids' lives that really their kids' lives has, has kept that family unit going. Mm-hmm. And when the kids then leave, then you're looking at your spouse. Like, and you're like, forgot you were there. What did we have? We kind of forgot about that. And it's really sad because that even happened to my own parents, that my dad left my mom after they've been married for 30 years and it was devastating to me because I never ever saw it coming so if they ever had any anything that they disagreed about or whatever they must have talked about it behind closed doors because I never knew about it it was a total shock to me but it was kind of that similar story of you know kids are adults and they move out and then so I feel like my advice would be to continue investing in your relationship first. Not that, it, I mean, that might seem like you feel like you're more important than your, than your kids. Of course, we're going to invest in our kids and we're going to do everything that we can to invest in their lives, but not at the expense of our relationship. So mm-hmm. we're going to keep dating each other. <laughs> we're going to, you know, keep doing special things for each other, you know, things like that you did, making sure that we're talking and communicating. That's probably a big thing. Um, You've heard before, like opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true to a degree, like with personalities. Like I was definitely attracted to him um, because he does have a more outgoing personality and more, he's more talkative than I am. So there's things about our personalities that seem to to mesh and people that like study all those different personality things, which I haven't really gotten in depth on, but they have analyzed us before our personalities and have told us that we're two of the easiest personalities to come together. But I mean, we didn't know that, you know, coming into it. Um, So but don't be fooled by the you know opposites attract because you can't um 
like there's value in things that you have in common as well. Yeah. Oh, I do know a couple that had the personality thing was, was volatile and they were going to get a divorce. They had all kind of trouble, but they didn't, they never gave up. And I saw them fairly recently and I could just tell that they, they have something really good now. Like they're, they love each other. They didn't, they, they just, I remember the story, there was a story where he came in with the divorce papers, gave it to her and she says, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and just, and said, you're, you're sticking with it. <laughs> said that to him. Holy cow. And, and there it was, it's great to see them now. Like it's, it's awesome that they did stick it out because they do have a good marriage now. <clears throat> yeah. Goodness. When I say about things that you would have in common, um, probably, you know, the fact that we're both Christians and I've seen other couples that have gotten together, like one might be Jewish, one might be Catholic, um, and they can actually have a marriage together. They've somehow figured out how that can work. Even after having kids, um, that doesn't sound possible. I, how would they raise their kids? Yeah. They'd probably just teach their own because they've decided that they're separate. I'm not sure. But for us or my advice to other people is big things like that, like have priorities that you want to, you know, have in common with your person um, because you want to minimize all the occasions for fights and disagreements Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. Right. I mean, I feel like opposites attract like personality wise, but I feel like it draws the line at like beliefs and opinions. Yeah. Because like you can't disagree on stuff like that. I mean, I guess you can right. according to that couple, but more well, often than also not. Also, even politically, like we probably are more alike politically than, than not. there might be a couple things here and there that's more like (laughs) where you'd be more libertarian you know on probably everything (laughs) we don't need to get into our political beliefs (laughs) um but i've seen couples though that are opposite like one's conservative and one's liberal and it's a constant thing that's so well i can't believe how much trying to overcome all the time that'd be terrible um yeah and so for me these are all things that you're going to find out. There's also like a saying, the handwriting's on the wall. Is that a Bible verse? I'm not mm, sure. Yeah. Yep. But what, you can explain what it means I as far know. as dating. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That uh, the handwriting's <laughs> on the wall, I guess, where you there's a certain end that it becomes apparent. When, yeah, you... Something happens and you're like, oh, okay, it's over. Handwriting's on the wall. Oh, like hindsight is twenty twenty kind of thing. Or you just Were know they, that they just oh, know they, they really are. he hit her. <laughs> Handwriting's on the wall. They're not gonna. It's not gonna last. Oh, okay. He said something abusive. He did something abusive, even physically or verbally. Or she. The handwriting's on the wall. <laughs> he would do that now when you're dating. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, oh, you're in for a treat. While you're <laughs> handwriting's on oh, the wall. For sure. Okay. Once he okay. has you. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna do well, whatever, right? You know, like when you're dating, that's supposed to be the time where you're like best foot forward all the time, right? right. You're trying to win this person over to you, right? If they suck, then then go right. ahead and try to So yes. don't ever think, oh well, you know, 
You'll that's probably yeah, another thing. Yes, going into it thinking I'll change this, this, and this about them. <laughs> after we get married. Okay, one thing I found that oh, continue your thought. Like let me just interrupt you. <laughs> well, that's probably a big thing to talk about, like not going into a marriage um, with feeling like, well, I don't like this and this about him, but I'll probably be able to change that about him work on them, you know, once we get married, well, that's only going to be like fingernails on a chalkboard to him. Right. And you're constantly trying to change <laughs> I mean, it's not going to go over well. Right. I mean, that's just going to be another thing that you're going to have to overcome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, I've seen people, um, they get to a point where they realize that they have to accept this person for who they are. Sometimes right. that doesn't happen until they're like three years, three or five years into their marriage. Um, but it's better if you come to that revelation before you get married or else you're going to have a really rough, yeah. rough start. Rough go of it. Um, oh, dang it. What I was going to. Um, if you can't remember that, I have something to say. And just go. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Um. I can't remember what this relate back relates back to about what one of you said, but um, like my parents, they were like married for 20 years and then had two kids and then they split up and waited uh, like, like 10 years after the fact that they had been divorced. And we're like, you know what? I think it's time. And then they were like, gonna get back together. I mean, of course it didn't work out and we all know the reason why. Mm. But yeah, I think that's really crazy. And if, I mean, there were circumstances. Okay guys, sorry about that. We got Hi. cut off at the 30 minute mark. But what I was saying was, I think it, when it came back after 10 years and they were like, I, I couldn't understand the reason that we broke up and we're going to get back together in two seconds. Um, <laughs> yep, they said that. Yes, exactly that. Yes. <laughs> um, I just think it's really interesting because like after building a life for yourself with this person after 20 years, like having two kids, bought a house together, have cars together, like all these assets to your life and then you're just like you end it i mean there were reasons and whatever my mom lost her mom at the time and my dad was not very supportive about it so that was probably the main reason but everything happens for a reason in my eyes so you know what they they were on good terms when my dad passed and i'm really really grateful for that because they didn't talk for a really long time after they split up. But yeah, I just think it's interesting that that all happened. But anyway. Yeah, it is very interesting. And it's so nice for you for, it's almost like reading a book and you're so happy that it had a good ending. Yes. You know. Aww, um, for sure. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Did you remember what you wanted to say, Brian? Um, yes. So I remember I made a comment 
um, once where I was like, and girls always think that they can change the guy and they can't, da da da. And then my dad was flabbergasted uh, as to why I would say that because he's like, well, your mom totally changed me. So what does that mean? Oh. Yeah, I think that there. It, I wasn't trying to. No, I think, <laughs> I think that if, if it feels <laughs> maybe, like maybe. manipulation, if it feels like someone's trying to control you, yeah. then you would. There's there would be a natural resistance because no one wants to feel like they're not accepted and they they need they're a project and they need to be changed. They're defective or yeah, you know that kind of thing, but. I think the way that a good marriage would look like is that there would be change that would be happening in both of them because you're, you know, marriage is becoming one. And if you're becoming one, then there are things about each person that would have to change. There's things. And, and um, that's what I think we experienced. So we talked earlier about why we dated and then we had broken up. And then we had gotten back together. And I think the reason why we did is that we we didn't know how to do the dance as far as marriage was concerned. Um, it The circumstances were such, from my perspective, it looked like I was needing to be changed. And um, I was resistant to that. And so I just said, well, clearly I'm not the one for you. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to waste your time anymore. And so we, we need to end it. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt this girl. She needs to find somebody. And, and so, and that, so that's why we ended it. Did you feel manipulated? <clears throat> Is that why you were like, stop trying to change me woman or were you just sensing you needed to change well and that she you couldn't? did yeah she didn't really have she didn't have a uh, confidence in me and and it was for good reason which is ironic because i knew that i didn't want to be in a position where i was going to be under um under control or whatever it was, I wanted to, I wanted to be my own man. All right. <laughs> and I didn't want to feel like I had to conform to a certain um, culture, uh, like a, as far as the kind of church that we were going to go to, it was very, domineering of the, the pastor was very domineering into everybody's lives. And I didn't want to be a part of a situation like that. And it was pretty extreme the way that they saw leadership and they, the way that they saw how it interacts with like leadership in a church and how it interacts with, uh, with um, a married couple. And so Melissa came up in that kind of church. And so uh, I was not at all interested and decided to, you know, when it really came down to all the pushing and pulling that we were doing beforehand to try to make it work out, um, it ended because of that. 
But what happened though, uh, after a couple years, we both had something happen, something real in both of our lives happened. It was, it was like, a, it was an experience, a God-like experience where we both changed. Her, Melissa's friend said that she changed, I changed, and whatever it was, we didn't realize that that change happened in each of us until two years later when I found out that her dad had left. I sent her a, a message through AOL or whatever it was. It was just an email. <laughs> an email <laughs> and just said, I was sorry to hear it. And I just, you know, I felt like I should say something because it was a traumatic thing that happened. And then we just started talking back and forth. And then we thought, well, maybe we should, we should, we should just maybe meet up and just say hi. <laughs> and so, um, she was living in Barrie, Ontario, which is a couple hours north of Niagara Falls. And I was here. So I drove up to Niagara Falls, my friend and I, and she came down and as soon as we saw each other, we could tell, I could just tell as soon as I saw her that she's different. I didn't feel like she's looking at me like, oh, I got to change him. <laughs> and so. I guess because I didn't have, I had more expectations that we had to make this work when we, date, we dated the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed like we were trying so hard that it didn't seem like that should be right. Like it should just flow better if it was the right thing. And it seemed like, why do we have to try so hard to make this work? Why did you feel like you needed to try so hard to make it work? Um, I guess because like he said, I had, I was like lacking some confidence in the direction that he was going. And so I was kind of trying to pin him down to, well, can you just say that this is what we're going to do so that I can, you know, have some idea about the direction that we've so I can we sign off taking. On it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he'd say things like, well, what if I say that? And then, you know, God leads me in a, a different direction. Um, so yeah. So I almost just exposed for some reason. I just, okay. it, it was hard for me to accept those kind of answers back then. And so then when we broke up and then we didn't even talk to each other for two years, we really felt like it was over. I never really forgot about him because I was still, you know, I started, I dated a couple other guys, you know, talked to different guys and queen. I remember. Sorry. Thinking, <laughs> If, if anybody is going to be the one for me, it has to be more than what I felt when I was with, with Brian, because I immediately felt like he was the one. I just had that feeling like he's the one. And so when I was dating these other guys, it was fun to have somebody to, you know, hang out with and do things with. But I remember like praying, God, if, if you have somebody else for me besides Brian, you have to make it crystal clear. <laughs> it has to be because these guys aren't just aren't doing They're not it. Me what, what I had with Brian. So it has to be like, you know, in order to hear. Yeah, it has to be so much more than what I'm experiencing. And so when we started talking again and then we got together in Niagara Falls, I think I was just 
there all the expectations were gone. Um, it just felt like old friends getting together. Yeah. And I remember when we just catching up, basically. So there was no, you know, intention. And I remember you saying to me as when I got in the car, you're like, well, I hope, you know, we can talk again or something like that. And I said, well, what's up to you? <laughs> the ball's in your car. Yes, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, as if he didn't just drive four hours to come see you. Well, right. that's up to you. <laughs> so, but that was the funny thing. It was because I was falling all over you probably the first time that we met. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, the first time we met. And this time I was like, <laughs> She was I just trying to, to make, she was trying to close the deal and get it done, and I was refusing to sign. <laughs> <laughs> I love the analogy. The ball was always in mom's court. So for me then to just say, "Well, that's up to you," really it was great. Yeah. Did that like, like show yeah, you? Oh yeah, it was like, all right, now I'm pursuing her, and her not pursuing me. Okay, and that seems. I know that's like old fashioned and. You know, well, it's to just say, human nature. But I feel like even though we're at a different, you know, different generation, I think if you did talk to boys today, I think they would rather still, even today. Yeah, I mean, Megan, don't do that. Would rather <laughs> still be the one that. to pursue and not the girl constantly pursuing. Yeah, them. that is proven true with every relationship I've ever seen. Yeah. Every if good the, relationship. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. I'm saying like all the ones that don't work out is because the girl's like, <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, no thanks. <laughs> I'll pass on that. If a guy really wants to be with you, he'll do everything and anything. You don't have to do anything. You can have that confidence. He will chase you. Yes. Sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. That's that. Yeah. If you let him. <laughs> and if you don't. <laughs> That is so. I mean, that's what it looks like. I don't know that there's a one, two, three magic rule, but it seems that good relationships look like that. I can agree with that. I've heard that a lot. Mm -hmm. Just like sit back, let him chase you. They love the. It's so boring, though. You know what I mean? Like when you're single girl out in the world, it's like I literally come. Okay, you're just waiting for my prince. (laughs) Seems I'll be waiting for an eternity. There is still some value in being friendly to guys and to um, having friendships with guys because you do find out what personalities, you know, you could could blend. Oh, well. yeah. Me and Megan say so all the time, true. having guy friends makes us never want to get married because <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> they're going to listen to this and be like, um, no, they're talking about me. And they know what we're talking about. <laughs> a lot of times you don't even have to date them to come to that reality. So Just true. being their friend, you already know. Oh, it's better when they're your friend because if they're trying to date you, they're not going to show you that side. But when you're their friend, right. you hear the worst parts oh. of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so right. true. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I have a couple questions written down. Okay. So how do you keep your – like? How do you keep your own personality when merging with another person? Not merging, but yeah, you get I think that's merging. interesting because what the way that worked with us is that so we had different we had different ideas and we had different goals and we had different dreams of what we thought marriage would be like, and when 
when things started going the right direction, which would have been after we got back together again, there was like a, a unified goal, a unified dream that appeared like our, our desires or whatever we wanted became, it became one just like a marriage where, you know, two became come one that I guess there was, I'd never sensed that myself got lost in it. I, I don't, I think that from what I've experienced, I, I think most would probably say the same thing that she didn't get lost in this, you know, even though her name changed to Rambler and, and all that. And it seems like an oppressive situation when you say it like that. I, I would say that I became more of who I am because I'm with somebody and feel safe with somebody. And, and that, so, and yeah. that person's not trying to change your personality because they love your personality. Right. Um, so they yeah, they bring out, they would try to bring out more aspects of your personality. Um, yeah. Not try to change it or to have you lose who you are. And if they are trying to do that, then that would be something that you would need to communicate on and to, to change or like, yeah. to like, as far as that maintenance thing that we were talking about, I think that would, if somebody felt like they were just losing themselves, like they just, they felt like they just didn't even have their own personality anymore and it was bothering them. If you brought that up to your other half and they didn't care or didn't, you know, that would be something you'd want to yeah. really talk about. And, but um, I think if everything's flowing, like when I said at the very beginning about, um, you know, an honor preferring one another, um, you don't, you love that person's personality so much. You don't want to see them lose that personality. Plus I think that there is a value to each side being who they are because I lately I've been just noticing the, the big differences between a, a man and a woman. Like there's, there's no, there's nothing similar as far as the personality, the desires and those kinds of things. And that's why I think that a marriage can easily go really wrong is because you're speaking two different languages and they've written books about that. You know, women are from Venus and yeah, men are from Mars. Mars. I have that yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is so true. But what I think, what surprises me is that I never get tired of being with Melissa because I think that the way we were made is we completely complement one another that there's an energy there that works when i'm truly who i am and she's truly who she is like it's we were made it we were made for that to work and the more she is who she is and the more i am that combination brings more life and energy to the 
to the situation. Mm-hmm. So I think, anyway. If someone was talking about me like this, I would probably cry my eyes out. So it's good to hear. <laughs> well, I think, it, I mean, I think it's not, it's not just, it's not just Melissa and me. I, I think that, oh. works with, <laughs> like, I think that, I think it's, a, I think it works with male and female relationships know, that like... there's a lot of potential that is there. Um, if we understand that and I, you know, we might not understand that we might get to the end. It's sort of like having a real expensive computer or some sort of awesome instrument and you don't have the directions and you just don't know what to do with it and you end up using it, abusing it in a way that it's not meant and you're just like, well, this stupid thing doesn't work and you throw it out and then someone sits down and goes (laughs) and shows you how to run it and you're like, this thing is awesome. I had no idea that you could do all these things. I was trying to hammer nails with that thing and it was a terrible hammer you know but so that's what yeah i so love the analogies that so you come up with they're made so for people like mm-hmm. yeah okay i was gonna ask that too do you believe that like soulmates are a thing do you believe that it's like you're born onto this earth and your arrows constantly going this way and someone else's arrow is gonna intersect with you at some point and that's just how it is or is it like you find a person, works out, personality goes well, and you build that relationship? I don't know. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> Anyways, I would on. say that. Like, <laughs> I would say that. Um, I would say that God has a plan for everybody, and if you are not getting off the path, um, you'll end up with somebody that you were meant to, I guess. I, I don't know this to be true. I'm just shooting from the hip here. But um, <laughs> well, well, I think that, I think that you can make out. your own mistakes and you can mess up a plan that God has for you. Um, but he might have plan B. He, and then God there may be plan. plan C. And those aren't as good as plan A, but it's it's well, it's sure. something that, that God is, is saying, okay, um, I'm I, I still ha- I can still use this. It's not completely. I, feel like I don't see it like that at all. Like, do you think that like this is getting a little off topic? But <laughs> like, you're born and God has a plan for you, and you're like, oh, you messed up on to Plan B. Oh, that didn't work either. Let's try Plan C. Oh, you're a screw up. No, it's hard to talk about that because know. we were made and we have a free will. But then we also know that God is sovereign and he knows all things so he knows what's going to happen he knows who you're going to pick he knows and so i'm thinking i feel like it's just your life decisions plan. i think there's things but you still yeah. have a free will i think there's opportunities so it's that not come you're by a robot yeah um, i think you can miss opportunities here <laughs> don't lie no. yeah i think there's oppor- <laughs> I, I feel like there's times in my life that i've missed opportunities like we i talked to brianne about i missed a business opportunity and i wasn't ready for it at the time because i was undisciplined and I was in debt and I couldn't do it. But had I been disciplined and I had I been had my act together, I would have landed an awesome situation. Well, but it's okay. We have but I, the you know, the pitch, the pitch you and I didn't, and I, and, and I didn't even have the bat in my hand and strike out. I was like, Oh, <laughs> great. And so I, I, that's what I tell the kids is that life is like that where you want to be ready for op, for situations and opportunities that that come up, um, 
be game ready all the time. I think I'm even learning that right now is that is to live game ready, to live like you're a, like you're a, a high, a world-class athlete, to be in shape and to be, to take life like that every day. Um, Cause I think it is, you know, anyway, I think life is more serious than what we can, um, we can kind of take life for granted. So. That's so interesting that you say that mm-hmm. because I know a lot of people like in my generation feel like, Oh, well nothing matters, mm-hmm. but like there's so many things that matter. I can't even believe it. Like that's so crazy. But I have another question on the horizon. I a lot of people um, talk about not dating in your twenties because that's like a time for yourself, and you need to figure out who you are and figure out yourself and your life, and just be prepared for that. So, how do you feel about dating in your twenties? Do you feel? Well, they got married in their twenties. I mean, so. I guess yeah, but <laughs> well. Well, is 30, there like but whatever i actually you didn't did. we didn't meet until i was 26 okay and he was 22 i don't know if you knew then holy crap i didn't know that yes so um oh my- <laughs> cougar <laughs> um so yeah i always say that he keeps me young because everyone okay. thinks that i'm his age so um I was going to say, oh, I had dated um, just, you know, met a couple guys, you know, when I was in college, but I never got serious, (laughs) serious with anybody. Like I would say he was definitely my first steady boyfriend. And last. Yes. First and last. (laughs) (laughs) But I always, you know, I've always taught, try to teach the girls that um, why why get into a serious relationship with somebody when you're young, when you have no idea if you're going to marry this person, you know, or how it's going to end? Why would you want your heart broken when you're, you know, 16 years old and now you have a huge breakup to get over and your emotions are so intertwined with this person? I'm when so glad I listened to you. Could, <laughs> yes, when you could just be friends with them and that would have been sufficient. You know, instead of getting all your emotions, you know, entangled with it and then heartbroken and then you have to get over that. And um, so that's kind of how I was raised. And so, yeah, I didn't really date anyone seriously until I was 26. So um, I think it's I think it's probably good advice Um, if you're constantly looking for someone that. like you feel like, I don't know how, how to word this because I feel like when we first met, maybe that was me, that I was like, const- that I was looking for someone to complete or I don't know if that's the way that I would word it, but um, I, don't know, I feel like I'm getting a little off track here, but um. <laughs> But there's also a little bit of a, like I was talking about getting used to leading a life that's a single life. If you want to get married, 
it's still, you still keep in the back of your mind that it's not always just going to be all about me, how, like how it is now. Mm. My life is all really pretty much all about me. Um, so, and the longer that you live a single life, the more set you get in that kind of a, a rut, so to speak. And that's a little bit harder to get out of that rut, you know, <laughs> the longer that you've been in it, but it's not like it's, you know, impossible. I feel like um, it's a good thing though to be like established, established after like I don't know give yourself a good few years of that because mm-hmm. like imagine okay think of like not to name names but person we know who has been together since eighth grade like at what point in their lives did they like get like self-actualized like it's mm-hmm. just been them for as long as they could probably remember that's crazy I couldn't yeah. imagine well, see, I was teaching, so I had taught for four years before we got married. Um, so that I could have made that a thing, right? When we got married, uh, and like, what what country are we gonna live in? You know, I grew up in Canada. You know, he grew up here. So this these could have been huge obstacles, right, at the very beginning. Um, but you know, I saw that he was, you know. It was just made more sense that I would move to the U.S. than him moving to Canada and uprooting all of you know his business and all of that. Whereas I could, if I wanted to teach again, I could just teach somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. I don't even think there was a discussion about where we would live. I think it was just a given. Like there was no way I was trying to, you know you to come to Canada. I think your I'm mom just... mentioned it. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> Actually, so with immigration, it would have been easier for you to come to Canada I feel like than it, it was almost, for me to come to it the It almost would have made more sense if you went to Canada because, like, most of the families there. I wonder why you guys decided to come here. Because I had a job here. That... I don't know. I just think that... Uh... It just seemed to make sense at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> it's because the United um, States is the best. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but these are all things that would all, you know, come up even before you got married. There would be serious discussions about, you know, direction and where we would live, you know, depending on. Because, I mean, if you are established, you know, then you do have, you know, a career that you're already in and all of that. Um that's a lot to to get through you know even before you get to should we get married (laughs) i feel like that that is a huge thing if like one person is established and has a life in the area that they're in Mm -hmm. then it would just be a given for the other person to move but i feel like for me i have to like have that conversation with somebody because what if like nothing is established here but like I don't want to live here for the rest of my life I want to like move and do whatever but if I meet somebody here and they're like well I'm never moving ever (laughs) that's just going to be a huge obstacle yeah that's death but like none of us are um established so I feel like that's just a good conversation to have in general Mm -hmm. Um, that probably falls under the belief and opinion category. We can't differ on that. I guess, yeah. Too much, at least. I feel like, I don't know. 
Okay, guys, so we're back and better than ever, honestly. Yeah, for sure, of course. <laughs> I don't know. We were just talking about um, people wanting to live in different states. And if you were like established in one place and your partner was not, it would just be a given for that person to move. But I was thinking, like, you, I feel like that would just be an important conversation to have in general with somebody because if you're like dating somebody and you don't really have a life established, but you're like, I know I don't want to live here for the rest of my life. And that could be a huge conflict if the other person is like, well, I'm going to stay here until I die. So, but yeah. Yeah. That probably gets back to knowing how to, how to, to do the dance as far as um, where Melissa said in the very beginning about preferring one another, that um, considering somebody else like you're considering yourself. You know, if, uh, if marriage is defined biblically as two becoming one flesh, as it says, that the, uh, the individuality becomes is transferred to instead of me and mine to our and us right what would be best for us and it seems better it's a, it's a big diametric change yeah. from what would what do i want to do to what would be best for us it's more enjoyable if it is us because if it's just me it it's it just doesn't feel as special and nice but if there's something that is is ours and us it's something we're enjoying together and it's it's more meaningful I'm going back to oh, what beautiful. brian was saying about a man and a woman being so different um there's a man has strengths and a woman has strengths and um so you kind of want to celebrate those things and not um look at the downside of those things like you, like you said about differences can be complementary to each other. And so let's say a man, you know, is making a big decision, you know, for the family. If he doesn't consent, you know, with his wife, which I always feel like women always see like the blind spot. You know how they talk about the blind spot when you're, you know, backing out like on your car oh, okay. yeah. or when you're driving, there's a blind spot. Um, I feel like sometimes the man can see see the big picture but he sometimes isn't seeing the blind spot and i think the wife sometimes can see that and so needs to bring that up but if he's not like valuing her and you know the fact that she does have that you know ability or that insight then he's not going to be able to make the best decision you know that he could have made if he didn't you know if he had consulted her. Yeah, I think and there is something to that, that a man is not um, by himself um, <clears throat> smarter or more capable of seeing or dealing with things that that there is a um, there is a partnership in that, too. That's what we've I mean, as a husband, I've experienced that where there are areas where I have had blind spots, 
And if I haven't listened, if I did not listen to her, then I realize later. And then, so I've learned to listen more and consider that because my own judgment is, uh, is insufficient all by itself. That's what life has been teaching me in all this. Um, I have a question. So like, I, okay. So you're supposed to like bring stuff up to your partner and stuff when you're married, just to, you know, nip all the problems in the bud, but bud, one of those. Um, so but. is it? <laughs> I totally oh, it's, bud. It's bud. I okay. always thought it was bud. So <laughs> anyways, since couples are supposed to consult each other with problems, like nip all the problems in the bud, if you will, um, are there things that you feel are not worth mentioning and some things that are worth mentioning? And how do you figure that? That's such a good question. Well, thank you, honestly. <laughs> I feel that all the time, which is like people in general. Like what if there's like, like there's something like, like, okay, let's say you guys are eating breakfast in the morning and like you made him coffee and then he left his napkin on the table and went upstairs. Are you like, well, I need to bring it up to the man how ungrateful or are you like, okay, I'm just gonna throw the napkin away. If it really bothers you a lot, then I guess you you could bring it up. But um, I think there's a, like a measure of grace that you give kind of to each other. Like you're not expecting, you know, perfection. I don't want him to expect me to be perfect. And so I, I'm going to do the same for him. Um, but if it, if it is something that it's constant and it's bother, really, really bothers you, like you feel um, unappreciated or disrespected because of it, then I'm sure bring it up. That would just be something to bring up. Yeah, there's things, yeah, because there's things like that, that if you feel like, well, I'm just not going to bring it up because I don't want to have, you know, this turn into a fight. It just, it doesn't go away. And that now that just is like under the rug, but it's still festering. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's going to, you've never brought it up. So it's going to continue to happen and it's going to get bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, it's going to come out on some other opportunity. Blow up over it when you could have just brought it up and been calm. Yeah. And then, and then the person's like, well, why'd you wait seven months to tell me that? <laughs> what? Right. And that's how some people operate because of their personality. Mm -hmm. Like I would probably be that person that would not say anything for a long time um, and then bring it up randomly in a, in a at a time when it shouldn't have been brought up just because I don't, I don't like conflict. I don't like confrontation. I don't like debates, arguments, all of that kind of thing. It's just my personality. I don't even like to watch presidential debates. It makes me really anxious. She can't so, even watch like the basketball finals. She just doesn't like the conflict. <laughs> but um, well, that's just the suspense. But, okay. Um, anyway, so that's just another thing about you know marrying someone because he's the opposite of me in that. He can't brush uh, anything under. He doesn't yes, brush he does. anything under the rug. He has to bring it up. We're going to talk about it now. <laughs> um, yes, and 
that kind of goes back to a little bit of the way that I was raised. Remember I said like I did, had no idea if my parents had any problems. They never, oh, they yeah. never showed me that. I never knew that they did. Um, so I almost didn't even know how do you resolve conflict in a marriage because I never saw conflict in my parents' marriage. Um, so then I realized when we got married that it was okay at first I didn't think it was, but I realized it's okay to let your kids see that you might have a conflict about something because they need to see how to resolve a conflict, how two like mature adults can resolve it. Um, and then still, you know, love each other just as much, you know, on the other end, on the other side of it. Um, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I don't think, I mean, it might be like, might kick, like it would probably make Grace feel uncomfortable to see us maybe debate or argue or not. I don't even know that we actually argue. We've probably gone back and forth about things in front of you guys before. And Grace is probably mostly more my personality. It would make her most uncomfortable. I love Um, to see it. (laughs) Yeah, Brianne doesn't shy away at all from debates. She could sit and debate somebody for three hours if she had to. Oh, that's our problem. Um, <laughs> Me and you? Yeah, because we both love it. <laughs> bring it on. Me and Megan, our conversations about important things are like six hours long. It's like, I love the whole day. <laughs> so I don't know if that was an answer or not. Do you anything? Honestly, the question again? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know what the question was. She was asking. Well, let's hear it. Oh, bring up everything. Bring up everything. Yeah. Um. I don't let anything go because I do, I, I think it's pointless because it will just come up later and you're oh, just going to yeah. carry it around. You're going to be miserable. So might as well deal with it now than, than blow up over a small thing because you carried it from, you didn't mention it before and then it gets worse. It's not like you, you did yourself attaching any, other things to it. Yeah. It yeah. starts to grow at that point. <laughs> Tumbleweed. So <laughs> I, I think that. Yeah, the value of dealing with it right away is is you're better for it. And I think sometimes too things can be talked about in a a light way, like just a, you can make it um, that it's not such a heavy conversation either. Yeah, know. if you wait, then things start becoming fake. Or if you've got a problem and you're just burying it or burying it, then there's there's an there's then a, a acting that goes on because you're just you still have something that's bothering you and now you're trying to pretend like you're it's not bothering you and then it just becomes just very boring and fake and I'm not into that. Not I've with it. met a lot, I've met a lot of people who like one thing if it like keeps reoccurring at the beginning. Okay. For example, my brother, if I say or do one thing the first time he's like not annoyed or whatever, but if it keeps reoccurring, he's, and then it just like keeps building. And then he at like random times, he's just like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. It literally happened the other day, which is why I thought of it. But (laughs) it's very interesting that some people have like different, Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call that, but 
Hopefully yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, different ways of dealing with conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like I said, about giving somebody a little space and a little grace to, to be who they are sometimes. Um, but then there's boundaries, you know, like I said, about crossing, being disrespected or or whatever, undervalued, you know. Mm-hmm. There's like a line, <laughs> you know, because you do want something. <clears throat> that's just how they are, their personality, and, and, and you come to the realization, it's no big deal. I'm making this out to be bigger than it is. Then don't bring it up. That's what I think. Throw the napkin I think that's away. probably, yeah, that's probably, like you said, about just learning the dance with yeah. each other. I do think you know? there are problems that, um, that you can resolve yourselves, but then I think there are things that only God can resolve. That's interesting. I'm curious yeah. to hear about that. So, um, so whatever, I mean, we've had conflicts over the years, nothing huge, but like reoccurring, oh, we're talking about this again. And so after years of that, I, that's where I learned like, okay, I don't think I'm going to work this problem out. And so I'm just going to quit trying to work it out and just say, okay, God, I give this to you. And I think that that's how our relationship got back together when we had broken it off that, um, I, I think that there is there is something to it that I would be remiss to say that God has not been present in keeping in keeping things together because I think that we can only do so much on our own and that um, that I w- I don't know that we should have. I mean, we have credit in what we have done as sort of like a farmer taking credit for how well the crops grew. Now, he can plant the seed, he can water it, he can get rid of the weeds, he can do all those things, but he can't make the crops grow. And I think there is an aspect of marriage that in order for it to grow, we can't make it grow. That that we can prepare and and do all that we can do, but the only thing that makes life grow um, seems to to be in our experience is you know there is that aspect that is part of it that we can't can't deny. <clears throat> all right, I feel like. That's a good ending place. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's the end. And we've only got one more episode left after this one. So be on the lookout for that. And I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.